0: You are listening to Sick Biz Buzz with me, Hillary Jastrom. Welcome to episode 13 of Sick Biz Buzz, the sickest podcast for chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs and the only podcast of its kind. I'm your host, Hilary Jastrom, and I'm so honored to have you with me today. Here's a little background on today's incredible guest. When I met Armando Cruz, it was during a time when I was experiencing doubts about me. More specifically, when I was lying to myself about what I could and could not do. Maybe you do that. Maybe you can't bring yourself to even think you are different. And you are so busy fighting the new reality. Well, this is the show for you. Armando came along at a time when I needed him, and he thought that since he had helped me through a magical piece of visualization, he could help you as well. Armando is a physical therapist and coach, mainly for high-powered and productive men. He helps people to remove obstacles in their lives and achieve breakthroughs. And his first book, The Legacy Code, will be published in about a month. Let's give him a big warm welcome, Armando Cruz. Well, thanks so much for being on the show today, Sick Biz Buzz. We are so excited to have you here, Armando.
1: It's a pleasure to, ha- to, to be on here. It's always great to have conversations with you, so I'm looking forward to it.
0: I know we always do have these amazing, deep conversations that when I leave, um, I have a different perception of my life and my re- reality. Um, and it's interesting because last week we talked, and it's actually available this week, We talked very heavily about the power of perception in our life. Um, We could easily jump into the deep end right off of that topic, but let's dial it back a minute and um, give you the stage. I want to hear all about your elevator speech. You have a a multitude of businesses that are up and running and uh, um, some different concentrations. So if you can share that, that would be awesome.
1: Sure. Sure. So first and foremost, I guess my my best and greatest and most exciting job is, um, or even better calling, is as a husband and as a father. And, you know, that's that's what takes priority. And so, you know, I've been in December now. I will be married for 11 years and I have three wonderful kids. Um, One is going to be nine in a week, another one is six and another one is three. So. We're juggling quite a few, and it's just a uh, it 's just really exciting to be honest um, I, I love being a father and being uh, <clears throat> being married to be honest so um, <laughs> so that's that's first and foremost but uh, my wife and I have a fitness and physical therapy studio that we focus primarily on on helping families grow healthier together and optimize their energy, their health, their movement patterns so that they can take advantage of life to the fullest. And, um, one of the, the areas that we really focus on is on the the area of pain. Most people have issues with some kind of pain or restriction that gets them to the point where they're often feeling like they're prisoners to their own body. Whether mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and one of the things that we do is we help to kind of take off the handcuffs so that they're free to to go back and live life the way they like. And um, so that's one of the areas that work. And um, I also work with <clears throat> uh, entrepreneurial married men and help them show up more powerfully in their marriage, in their health, in their business, and create. A purposeful and powerful legacy that inspires them
0: so this is also interrelated and uh, it's a topic that we touched on briefly last week about the physical manifestation of pain showing up in our lives as a result of emotional pain or as a result of obstacles that we're fighting to get through right Yeah. And I think it's a really cool um, overlap that you've discovered. So you first, and we have worked together a little bit, so I'm a little bit more familiar with you than some of my other guests because I've read your entire freaking book, which (laughs) is going to be published very soon and very exciting. Um, But you first focused on the physical aspect of helping a person improve their lives. Is that right? Yeah, I mean
1: I guess if you go back all the way back as far as my journey in and of itself I you know in high school I I knew what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to help people. I wanted to improve performance. That's what I you know that's that was my intention initially and I went to school and I studied um exercise physiology and I studied athletic training at first and I realized You know, at the same time, I was also a collegiate athlete, a a runner, and I was never the best. So I was always experimenting with myself on ways to get faster, recover quicker, just to be able to keep up with the guys on my team that were better. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that became an obsession for me. And so then I started diving into the nutrition and I started diving into the psychology and I started diving into the different components that make up all of that. And, you know, when I got out of college, I, you know, started my business and I started working with athletes. And then I started seeing more and more, let's call them regular people. And I really fell in love with that, the concept of we are all here to live life to the fullest. And while athletes are cool, I think, you know, people are cool and families are amazing and if i could start helping families reach their full potential I, that was a big thing you know i had a i have a great family and and i only want that for everybody else because i think families are just such a a blessing to have so um if there's a way that we can start with their health um mentally physically emotionally then um i think we're on the right track
0: it leads to greater progression of success. Now, one of the biggest obstacles for chronically ill and disabled entrepreneurs, and I know because I am one, is feeling and we've talked about this a number of times. This is usually what happens is um and I'm also a big believer in that you're going to learn this lesson over and over and over again until you get out of it, what you're supposed to get out of it and then you're able to move forward. So, That being the case, I think that entrepreneurs who are chronically ill and disabled kind of circle the drain of feeling like they're underqualified because their reality, their life, their schedule, their stamina, all of these things don't seem to match up to the perception of that high producer, the person who's grinding or hustling or working twenty-seven hours a day, and it's not. And I said that on purpose. I didn't say twenty-four hours a day. I, just, I said twenty-seven to make a point. And it's not because um, they they can't see themselves as competing in that same fashion. And so then it comes back onto them that well, I must be underqualified because I can't do it this way.
1: Right. So
0: knowing that this is the case for people. And sometimes then they can't even get started because they get so bogged down in this feeling of disqualification. So how do you work with somebody who feels like that?
1: I think first and foremost is acknowledging it. Okay. I mean, it's an actual feeling that you're feeling. It's an actual um, process that you're going through. But I I guess... One of the things that I think is most important is really understanding what it is that you really want, right? Is what you really want to be grinding and hustling like the other person, or is it to create a very unique and specific lifestyle and create a unique and specific vision for your life? Or are you trying to copy someone else's? And I think that's, that's where the first, the first step goes wrong, is that very often when you don't have that clear vision of exactly what it is that you want to do, you start borrowing other people's. And as a result, by you borrowing other people's, you also start trying to borrow their process. And the problem with that is that you're built with different skill sets. You have a, a unique, uh, you know, you, uh, unique skill set to bring to the table, which could be very different than the person you're trying to copy. And as a result, it's very exhausting. if you've ever here here let me let me give you this. Have you ever sat down to try and do something and you keep procrastinating and procrastinating and procrastinating, and you're like, "Oh, I just really don't want to do this."
0: Mhm, right yeah, I think so, we've all
1: done that yeah right. so wh- why does that happen? That happens very often is because our 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 vision and our values are misaligned. Very often that's what it is. And so what we think we need is more motivation. And the truth is motivation is that thing that is, you know, an external stimulus that is being pushed upon you to get you to do something you don't really wanna do versus coming from a place of inspiration, which literally means to be filled with the spirit, to come from within, inside out, where, if you've ever been inspired to do anything, like there isn't a, a wall or a door that can get in your way without you bursting through it because you're kind of radiating with that much more intensity. And so uh I I think taking a step back and really understanding when 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 we fall and I say we because while I'm not let's just say chronically ill or disabled, I still have gone through very similar things. Um and as a result, I've had very similar experiences from the perspective of the feelings, right? Maybe not the exhaustion that we've talked about, right? right? Um, but definitely the feelings of like, man, why isn't this working? What's wrong with me? Why, you know, am I gonna be good enough to do this? Do I have the right skill set? Maybe this is not for me. You know, all those things that go through your head when you keep coming up to resistance so yes yeah
0: and the compulsion to compare is really a slippery slope it's actually really dangerous i've seen so many people out there because digital marketing digital entrepreneurship and i say digital because you know that's usually the face now of entrepreneurship is where are you publishing? What are you working on? I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It becomes kind of like this tit for tat uh, contest. And it's really dangerous. Because when you compare yourself with somebody, you are never ever going to measure up equally. You're not supposed to. You're not not any one person is supposed to measure up equally and say, well, I did exactly this same thing. So these are going to be my results. And when you position yourself in that way, you are going to fail each and every time. That is a guaranteed way to fail. So back to the point of looking at your vision, really wading into your vision. What can you offer the world? What do your experiences and your aptitude What can they bring to the world? I love that idea from the standpoint it pulls you out of this competition drudgery and it immediately negates what that unhealthy goal is, which is trying to find the same level of success in the same specialty. Let's pull it back to who you are and what you offer. What's your experience? What is your passion? The idea of remembering inspiration starts from within. That's a fun little verbal trick that you can use, but it also can be part of your mantra. So when you feel yourself sliding into this competition race, why aren't I measuring up and whatever, and this is all in your head, you can pull yourself back and say, inspiration starts from within. I'm not in alignment with my vision and what my steps should be. So I think that's really important. Um, and oftentimes what happens when I talk to you, I think that, uh, we're going to have a predictable ending to a conversation. And then you, you bring in all these different, um, perspectives and I go, Oh, okay. Well, I wasn't thinking that. (laughs) So I just, (laughs) it's always delightfully surprising. Um, now You've had a number of breakthroughs. And the one that stands out in my mind was when you embarked on a 50-mile marathon through a swamp with little to no preparation and there was a driving force behind that to get you to sign up for that and believe you could do it. And how did that turn out? And what did you learn?
1: Sure. Um well, you know, like I said, I, I, I am a runner. I, I, that's one of the things that like in my mind, I believe I, I was put on here to do is just explore and be part of nature and do it through running. I just, I feel like it's a, it's a way I get to express myself and learn about myself on many different layers. And I remember, you know, one of my big bucket list things to do is to run The Western States 100 miler, which is basically a 100 mile foot race that goes from um, Squaw Valley, California to Auburn, I believe, or the other way around. Um, But you have to qualify for that. And and I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I keep saying I want to do this, but I haven't really done anything to make that happen. And this happened for probably three or four years. And then one year... I looked and I found this race, a local race here by in the Everglades, that was 50 miles. And I said, you know what? This is my opportunity. And I said, I, I don't have the training for this, but I keep making excuses and I'm not putting in the training. So either I am going to survive or I'm going to die. Um, but this is a way to get me to start training one way or the other. So. About two weeks before the race, I I I signed up. And I think the most that I had run up to that point was I was running like three three or four days out of the week and like thirty minutes every day. And I think up to that point the, the most I had run was maybe ninety minutes, right? And we're talking about fifty miles. And so the way I rationalized it is this I said, look, the idea here is I need to get through this. I need to survive this. I said, I've been to Disney World. Many times where you <laughs> walk the entire day and I was like, I haven't died then. I figured at the very worst, I could pretend it's Disney World and I just walk as much as I can until I get to the end. And that was the mindset that I went in. And what was funny was um, the, there were two things that, I, that really stood out there. Um, one was on the bus ride when we went in, they kind of bust us to the start line. And this guy, the guy, the the organizer, I remember him saying – he said something that I still take with me over and over and over again because when you start running ultra distances, there's a big – there's a different shift than let's say running a 5K or even a marathon where it's just pressing to the wire at all times. Um, He said, um, guys, it's going to get hot out there. It's going to get hard. You're going to probably feel like quitting at some point. He said, don't do that. He said, you have the entire day. He said, if you feel really bad and you feel like quitting, stop for a second. Lie down for 30 minutes, an hour if you need to. Just get under the shade and just rest. Get back up. Try again. And if you still feel like it, go back and rest some more. Get to the end. You can do it. That's all he said. And this is a guy who's uh, like an expert at this and i said you know what that that's a that's an interesting thought process um but sure enough <laughs> i got on the start line and my my ego overtook my my preparation and i was very much i the second the gun went off i was in the front um i was in the top 7 running and i felt good i felt really good and i remember at mile 10, everyone stopped to get water and do all that stuff. And I had stopped like in the aid station right before. So I didn't need to stop. And I kept going. And then I looked back and everybody was still there. And I just took off. Those are my instincts from my racing days in college. It's like, you know, out of sight, out of mind, maybe you can run away from it. But you know, this is 10 miles in, there's 40 miles to go. (laughs) (laughs) And, And in all honesty, I started running about two minutes faster than we were running at that point per mile, which basically by mile twenty I was crawling already because I didn't have the the volume, the preparation, and the group caught me at mile twenty, which now meant I was cramping up, I was hurting, and I still had thirty miles to go. Um, that teaches you a lot, <laughs>
0: yeah. A lot, I bet. <laughs> a lot of
1: humility, a lot of humility, uh, a lot of patience. Um, there was a lot of opportunity to enjoy the, the gorgeous scenery, but I, I guess the things that I learned most from that from that experience was, number one, sometimes you need to go for it. Sometimes you're not going to be ready, but starting is the best first step, even if you're not ready. So that's one thing that I learned there. Um, the other thing was, when you do something you don't, you're not prepared for, even when you are prepared for it, just be ready there's a good chance it's going to get uncomfortable and it's going to hurt. And that's okay. That's part of it. And I think part of the issue is that we we are in a, let's call it a climate-controlled society. Everything we do is to put us at ease, to put us comfortable. And so the idea of, on purpose, putting yourself in an uncomfortable position is not one that our brain— nor a body is really ready for in many cases. So sometimes just, you know, when you're going to do something you've never done, be ready to feel some pain and feel some difficulty. That's okay. And then finally, the third step that I would say that I, or the third thing that I learned was um, pace yourself. Go at your pace, not the pace you think you should be going. Like what happened to me when I took off thinking that, you know i was at the shape and the, the level of fitness that i used to be and uh you know it's one of those things that if if i had listened a little bit more to my body i would have realized it and i think i i probably would have enjoyed a little bit more without so much of that pain but i guess some of us have to learn a little bit more the hard way
0: <laughs> well and that's what your story and it always sticks with me you know when you when you think back on uh, people that you've talked to there's always an associated story oh this is the guy that did this for you this is the guy for me that ran through the swamp and this is what he learned I think it's an incredible analogy as you're talking and this just only occurred to me as you were talking your you were unprepared You went into the swamp and you learned some hard lessons, but it was an amazing journey that you'll never forget. But as you were talking, the swamp and moving into that type of environment felt a lot like what happens when we receive a diagnosis. We are unprepared. We have to go into it. This is our swamp. This is what success can look like. I think of success as a diamond. There are many, many facets of what individual success can look like. And maybe it helps to visualize that piece of it and say, well, I'm on this side of the diamond, or I'm on this side of the diamond, but it's still success. So you're given something that you are not prepared for, but you must go willingly into it because you really have no choice. Your choices are I can fight this, I can go against my instincts, or I can do the absolute best that I can and I can look for the quote unquote silver lining. You talked about the beautiful scenery and just the experience of putting yourself into discomfort so you could grow, so I think there's some huge um, comparisons there that really make sense for Let the me, person who's living with a disability or chronic illness and trying to run yeah. a business
1: here's one thing that 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 I think may be helpful, and it 's this very often when you have a disability or, or an illness. And, um, I know cause I've worked with a lot of them and, uh, you know, I told you the story or you read the story, um, <laughs> about when my brainstem swelled up, right? They thought I had MS and yes, you know, so here I am a collegiate athlete. It's my sophomore year in college and a perfectly healthy guy. And from one day to the next, I am seeing double My brainstem has swelled up. They don't know what it is. They think I have MS. And now there's a lot of uncertainty in my life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the tendencies is even in the term disability, right? Mm -hmm. Meaning that you're not able. Right. And, you know, it could be something as you, there's something wrong with your hand. Or your back, or something like that, or there's something else, like whether it's a, an autoimmune disease. Now, very often the tendency is to think, because we think in the terms of of masses, right? You know, we do things as a collective in society. That's what society is, and so whatever the the averages or the normal for the society is, we try to fit into that box what i'd encourage anyone listening to this is to think of it as a superpower. You have now been given a gift of a new perspective. Mm-hmm. And anyone can always argue and say, "Oh, you know, yeah, that's easy for you to say. You don't have to deal with the pain or the exhaustion or the this or the that." And you're right. I don't. But do you have another option at this point? Mm-hmm. And if if you if you do, and, and it gets better, wonderful. But if you don't, and this is now your reality, then how can we use this to leverage everything in your life now?
0: Absolutely. Use this
1: as an opportunity to look at it from a different perspective. Because one thing that people fail to realize is that some of, or a good majority of the greatest innovations have come from people who have so-called disabilities. Mm-hmm. There are probably more entrepreneurs or more successful entrepreneurs that have ADD or some kind of learning disability that really sucked at school because there was a box that you needed to fit into in order to be successful there. And they couldn't do that. And they, in order to try and kind of keep up, They had to use their brain and use their approach completely different that later on in life turned into an asset that allowed them to look at situations in a completely different manner that now helped them create some of these innovations that have made them successful. And so let me invite you to, to perhaps turn whatever disability, whatever frustration you have and say, you know, how is this now how can i use this as as leverage how can i use this as a new perspective to 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 be able to innovate more to do things in the way that really inspire me and the people that i impact
0: and it's it's so true because first of all as a person who is chronically ill every single day and and who feels Um, degrees of shittiness, we'll just say (laughs) they're consistent while being inconsistent. Degrees of shittiness, I understand. I understand about pain management, I understand about fatigue management. I understand the whole thing makes you exhausted to think about. I get it. Okay, what has changed and empowered me is that now, I was given the permission to say, well, this is how I have to do it. So I can look at the top hustler and I do work with one of the top hustlers and say, but I can't do it this way. I can do it this way and I can, I can still accomplish the goal, but I need to do it this way. And guess what? You have a built in system of understanding. Unless you are dealing with the biggest a-hole on the planet, they're not going to come back and say, well, you know what, you know, that that's just not good enough for me. And they're not going to try and micromanage you as long as you are creating results, as long as you are doing the work in the way that you can do the work and you can still be productive. And in fact, you can actually almost be more productive. If you are feeling overwhelmed, because what we've really tried to do is provide prescriptive content for you. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, think about the goal that is most prevalent in your mind, the one that is rising to the top most often, the one that you go, well, what if I did this? What if I did this? And it's over and over and over. And for some reason, there's a mental block that's stopping you. That is the goal. That you need to focus on. That is the goal that is born of passion. So that's the first one to start with. And then second, you need to give yourself permission to do things differently. I'll give you a funny little story. I decided when I was lying to myself about my abilities because I just couldn't come to an agreement with this new body I had and these new limitations and it was very emotional. I decided I looked at the, these this old dusty carpet on our stairs and I knew there was hardwood underneath it and if you're a HGTV freak like I sometimes am, you know, you can't control <laughs> yourself, right? You can't. And Armando, I told you this and this is when we talked. Um I got up from the couch, I moved over to the stairs and I started ripping out that carpet and I got about 5 minutes in and I and I thought this is the dumbest thing that I have ever embarked on because I will not be able to finish this job without help. And right. it was it it could have been this crushing blow and in fact it was. And your life whether you Find yourself to be a disabled entrepreneur or a chronically ill entrepreneur, your life is going to be full of challenges anyway. And it and it may have nothing to do with your illnesses, it may be family dysfunction, it may be in how you're raising your children. Uh, it may be that you can't break through upper limits with your income because you keep self-sabotaging yourself or whatever the case is. But you have to realize you need to stop fighting. It's okay. Armando helped me because he said, and this question has resonated for me ever since, and I actually wrote an article about it that the Mighty published. Do you want to go back to being a caterpillar? Because you're a butterfly now. Butterflies do things that caterpillars can't do. They fly, for example. Now, caterpillars do things that butterflies can't do. So when I think of a caterpillar, I think of like a soft, squishy, little pudgy guy that, you know, you pluck off a fence and pop into a jar and you put a branch in there and you watch them uh, metamorphose. And that's what I did when I was a kid. We used to catch these monarch caterpillars. So I've seen many, many, many of them. Many of them have blossomed into butterflies. And... um, in fact, I saw one, we used a wrong jar, it was a ketchup bottle at the time and they were glass bottles and it had to squeeze through the neck of that ketchup bottle and that butterfly couldn't fly.
1: Mm.
0: And it's a beautiful analogy if you think about that. If you're a butterfly who can't fly but you can do other things. So that, and it's a hard wiring of our brain. Yesterday I read an article that had a lot to do With the rutted grooves that each decision makes in our brain and it predisposes us to make that type of same decision. The first step to do to stop that negative mindset is to do it once. Change your negative mindset once. Ask yourself, do I want to go back to being a caterpillar? What does that mean to you? So, that is how, when I had that conversation with you, Armando, I was like, holy moly. I know you can talk to people and I know you can talk to people who are hurting. So let's touch on pain management for a minute because this is a huge reality. It is an overwhelming reality when you're staring down a lifetime of having to, you know, manage, um, for instance, nerve pain, which is a pain that's very, very hard to alleviate. Right. What, do you, what do you talk to people about when they are dealing with chronic ongoing pain?
1: Well, first and foremost, all pain happens in the brain, right? Mm-hmm. Let me qualify that by saying I'm not saying that you're making it up in your head. Like, you know, people say, oh, it's all in your head and so forth. Um, what I am saying is that where you feel the pain is just where it ends up. But all pain happens in the brain reason that's so important is because what you feed your brain, whether it's the surroundings, your environment, um your thoughts, right, and your thoughts are predicated with your environment, the people around you, the things that you consume, um, all that starts affecting the way you start feeling, and so you know, I think first and foremost is really getting to know yourself. Um, We talked about, you you gave the example of the caterpillar and, and the butterfly. Understand that you are never the person that you were the day before, the hour before, the minute before. You're constantly evolving, changing, growing. And so if you think that you're going to be able to do or if you're going to be able to change um, the way you do things by doing the way you used to do things, very often it's going to lead to to, uh, to to a lot more struggle and pain because you got to start thinking in a different way. you got to start approaching this in a different way. Um, very often we are at war with our bodies. We don't want to communicate. You know, one of the things that, that I first talked about was one of my my callings. If you go is is as a husband, and those of you that are married know that if you don't communicate with your spouse daily, then that relationship is not going to grow and it's not going to get better. I don't care who it is. You need if you want to build a relationship that is going to grow and be fruitful, there needs to be an open line of communication. Most of us are shouting at our bodies and are fighting our bodies. There's very little listening. And I would say one thing that I've learned as a husband, you must listen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've learned that as a wife too, but I I think that's really, I think that's really important. we're coming around to the point where we need to wrap it up, but we're definitely going to have you back because literally every time you and I speak, we start deep diving in and then it's like, Oh, that's it. Our times when we could keep going, um, to the people who are listening that are struggling with relationships with your spouse, I want to invite you to listen to this week's episode, this week's episode. When I say that I'm talking about the episode, that just came out, I believe it's episode 11, with uh, Elon and Guy Ferdman of Satori Prime, the Have It All podcast. We talk about doing some actual role-playing of how to speak to your spouse and the power of perception in the stories that we tell ourselves. I want you to listen to that if you're struggling and implement some of these things, some of the recommendations or what. I won't say advice, I hate that word, Um, but some of these practices that have helped to improve relationships, and it will just literally flip you immediately. We talk a little bit about relationships, too, because if you are not right in your relationship in your home while you're trying to run a business, that greatly affects you. You need that support system. You need to be able to talk to your support system and say, this is what I need. This is what I feel I'm getting. What are you getting from me? And what do you need? So, I'm not gonna dive into that too deeply, but I do wanna wrap up with a couple of questions for you, Armando. Sure. And the first one is, what is the one thing that people don't know about you?
1: No, wow. Um, What is the one thing that people don't know about me? Well, uh, I'm gonna tell you one right now. (laughs) Very few people know this, which is one of the things, like if there was one thing that I wish I could do, it would be to sing. I have so much respect and like I'm envious of someone who can, who has the gift to be able to sing because one of the things that, that move me the most is to be, is for someone to be able to move me. And when I hear someone who can sing and use their voice in such a way that that elicits emotion in me that that blows my mind because it's something that i that I feel like I can do in with other skill sets that I have, whether it's through the coaching or whatnot, but there's something about the singing that I wish I had the pipes, you know what I'm saying like I know that. If I take lessons I can get better. But, you know, I'm not gonna get Marvin Gaye better. I'm not <laughs> gonna get you know what I'm saying? Like there are people that and and to me that that's that's uh that's something that nobody really no nobody really knows that about me.
0: That's amazing. Um and I understand because I can sing well in a range and then after that it's like we have to break this pane of glass it's just there's no (laughs) there's just no seven octave gift going on here at all maybe a little madonna but you know nothing but it, it, it is a different gift and that is a great reminder to look at all your gifts it's a great reminder to say what do i have that nobody else has you know, whether it's singing, whether it's intuition, whether it's empathy, there are so many different gifts that we can all. I, I just want to say, like um, leverage. It sounds weird to say, well, how do I leverage my empathy? But you actually can. You can to help people. You can. You can even monetize it. So I know it's a it's a weird thing, but just let that be a little seed in your brain, and then you can think about it for a minute. Um, Again, my mind is wide open after speaking to you. Um, I'm so glad that you were on the show today. How do people get in touch with you?
1: I would probably say that the easiest place where the hub for everything is, is ArmandoCruz.com. So just my name, ArmandoCruz.com. And then obviously the book is going to come out soon enough. And that'll be LegacyCodeBook.com.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on today. Like I said, we'll definitely have you back if you're open to that. Um, Of course. I think that you are doing some amazing mindset work. And for the people listening today, understand that that is where change begins. Dropping it like it's hot with Armando Cruz, who has an insightful view of people who are struggling and the negative self talk they rattle their brains with. Armando, as you can hear, is a natural coach. I mean, he really can't help himself. But the bigger picture is I hope he helped you today. I hope he moved you forward today. Do you like what you heard? This sick-ass podcast. Please subscribe wherever podcasts are available and leave a review, share, and listen each week. Also, check out SickBiz.com, the official sponsor of this show, where you can read about entrepreneurs' stories just like yours. People sharing their hope, resources, hacks, and we offer the support to make these challenges in front of them much more manageable. And if you need help, please make sure to reach out and send an email to sickbizco at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Be well.